And now for our second message today, Mr. Barnabas Grayson with Avoiding Apostasy. Good afternoon, everyone. Avoiding apostasy. Are there things that can lure one back into worldly ways? Things that might lure us back into sin? Sometimes it happens because people tend toward waywardness or apostasy, which is backsliding. Today I want to talk about or give you a message on avoiding backsliding. And in Matthew chapter 24, verse 38, Jesus Christ, he reminds us of the past here. He said that as in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. So they were going on about the routines of their life. They were doing things that uh, uh, they felt like they wanted to do anytime they wanted to do it. And sometimes they overindulged and were overindulging. Marrying and giving in marriage in and out of relationships that were bad. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Took them all away. And he says that's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So we find that they didn't pay attention to Noah's work and to his uh, righteous preaching. Morals went down the drain. Violence filled the earth and all mankind became corrupt. Down in verse 42, he tells us this, to watch, to watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. So this, while we look at this as fitting the end time in a future time that is yet to come, um, but you know we can ask ourselves, well will we be here tomorrow, next week or next month or next year? We don't know. So watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Back in the beginning days of this modern era of, uh, of the church, uh, one may remember how it was emphasized for us to watch. Watch world news. Watch the Middle East and so on. So we carried a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other hand and perhaps a new, uh, news magazine like Time or U.S. News and World Reports. Today we have the internet and we have access to all sorts of news uh, organizations. Almost every news is available there. But it seems that over the years, news events were misinterpreted and nothing was happening according to Bible prophecy. And it was quite a disappointment and is a disappointment for some. And it has caused some to turn back into the world and turn away from God after their conversion and offend fellow servants. And, and so we see in a lot of areas that this can and does happen. But here we see the operative word is to watch, to watch out, to watch out for ourselves and how we are living life and not only the conditions that are around us, 
because they uh, make us aware that, you know, we need to pay attention and be aware of what's going on so that we don't get mixed up in it. Verse 43, know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be you also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Verse 45. So who then is a faithful servant and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give, him, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Verse 47. He says, verily or truly, I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he's not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint from Point him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So when, we, when this sense of urgency that sometimes came along with kind of looking into the future of knowing what prophecy uh, is, a, is ahead, and when that urge, sense of urgency is lost, nonchalance can set in. Stagnation can uh, occur. And there are many churches that are undergoing that, this trial of uh, of wondering what to do next. Where is the church going? What, what's the gospel? Is it being preached? How is it? And so we see sometimes divisions can take place. My Lord delays his coming, they say. He's overdue. Maybe he's not coming. So I'll do something else. Those thoughts can happen to any servant. And when it causes that servant to begin to smite his fellow servants in some way, and then he starts to eat and drink and with a drunken of this age, a spiritually drunken of this age, as in the days of Noah, it will come upon him like a thief. So it, it is, we see in all this that it, it is a failure to watch, a failure to keep an eye on oneself. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So we look to a lot of these scriptures in order to remember the things that have happened. In order that we may be more alert and compared to how things might be happening around us today. To stir up these things that we see in the word of God as way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they are willingly ignorant, ignorant of, by, that by the word of uh, God, the heavens were of old, 
and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So these forgot. They didn't remember. Uh, but we have an opportunity to remember this. But these forgot. They forgot how it was in the days of before the flood, how Noah must have preached righteousness and, and warned of this pending destruction that was to come upon the world. And that's, you know, just like many today. They're unaware. They're willingly ignorant sometimes of what is to, to occur. But they have the remembrance of what happened to Noah and that generation then. But the heavens and the earth, in verse 7, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Back when I was younger, my, my mother used to talk about how the flood, there was a flood, that the water covered the entire earth. But then she, then she would say, but the next time it's going to be a fire. And I couldn't imagine, you know, how uh, being little, how a, a fire could just, uh, just burn the entire world. And, you know, when you look at the things, you know, sometimes like in summertime, you think, wow, this is really hot. And so I'm kind of reminded of how hot it can get. But we see this, everything is kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Verse 8, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with, uh, is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up, seeing then that all the, these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So we know that you know, our sunlight, this, uh, the sun that we, that's shining out there, you know, originating 93 million miles away, about 11,000 degrees on its surface, that's pretty hot. And we can imagine, you know, some people put an egg on the hood of their car on a hot day and see the, uh, the egg start to cook or, or fry. So it's unimaginable the heat that is, is going to take for everything that we see to be dissolved and the elements melt with that fervent heat. Now, these are not things to, you know, to dwell on and fear and be preoccupied with that time. What we do is we want to look beyond. Verse 13, nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, 
So while we have opportunity, we must avoid apostasy. We must avoid backsliding, and we need to know what things can lead to that because it can happen to God's people. It can happen to his called out, and we know that it can. Hosea uh, chapter 11, as an example, <clears throat> when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. As they called him, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and they burned incense to images. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love, and I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws, and I laid meat unto them. So we see how God, how our Father, the God of Israel, led Israel, his children, with cords of, of human kindness, with ties of love. He lifted the yoke from their neck, and he bent down to feed them. But they forgot. They ignored it. Verse 5, he shall not return into the land of Egypt, but the Assyrian shall be his king, because they refuse to return. And the sword shall abide on his cities, and shall consume his branches, and devour them because of their own counsels. And my people are bent to backsliding from me, though they... Call them to the most high, none at all would exalt them. So there is this tendency, after being called, to sometimes backslide. My people, he said, are just determined, they're bent. They have this tendency to turn from me. So even if they call to the most high, he will by no means exalt them, said Hosea, in, a, in words that we are to remember. So what is this reason for this tendency to backslide? Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 5. Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? Why are that way? Why is there this tendency? They keep going back. They keep going back, not forward. It's because they hold fast to deceit. They hold fast deceit, and they refuse to return. So they're self-deceived. They see no need to repent. They like the way they're going. They like their false teachers and so on. Verse 6, I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his course as a horse rushes into the battle. So that's like our time today when men shall be lovers of their own selves high-minded and so on, bringing on, you know, these terrible, these perilous and dangerous times that we find ourselves in. And many in our time are going into apostasy. They're backsliding from the values and the morals that their parents, their grandparents had taught them in years past from the Word of God. And, fall, and this falling away from doing, you know, what's right in the eyes of God, doing His will. And so we see the consequences that are taking place. There are evils, injustice, and so on. So backsliding is apostasy, and we are to avoid apostasy. 1 Kings chapter 11, 
Backsliding is described as turning from God. And there are many influences. In verse 4, it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. You know, David had numerous sins, of course, but he had a contrite heart, and he, and he repented, and God was gracious unto him. But Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchum, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did, uh, as did David his father. Then, see what Solomon did? did? Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he uh, for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrifice unto their gods, and we see that the Lord was angry because his heart, because Solomon's heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after uh, other gods and to return. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. So we see that the eternal, the Lord, the almighty God, was long-suffering. He was patient toward Solomon, appearing to him twice, brought things to the king's attention to get him to return from the apostasy that he was embarking on. Wherefore, in verse 11, the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of you, and you have not kept my, command, uh, my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely rend the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. So we see that we, uh, backsliding, apostasy, is described as a turning away from God and falling after gods that are not. It is also described as turning to evil. It is also described as turning to crooked ways in Psalm 125, beginning verse 4. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good. And to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways. The Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. But peace shall be upon Israel. So we see that those who turn aside from God. Are falling in the steps of apostasy. Of backsliding. We also see that backsliding. Or apostasy is described as turning aside to the devil, turning aside knowing that this is the devil's work. In 1 Timothy 5.15, we have this short scripture where Paul says, for some are already turned aside after Satan. And we know that uh, there are some places in, in our country where they're wanting to build shrines to Satan to build monuments to him. They know because they have turned aside after Satan. So we see that backsliding is a turning away from God is a turning toward evil in its crooked ways and it is described as turning aside to the devil. 
It is also described as turning back into the world. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse, starting verse 10, For Demas, Paul is saying, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. So Demas here had forsaken. Uh, he had either abandoned his ministry with Paul or uh, for worldly affairs, or perhaps if he abandoned the faith altogether for love of the world. He was enamored with the world, and he wanted to go back into it, and so he departed, forsake, forsaken uh, his uh, service with Paul. And verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. We know that uh, Paul had issues earlier with, with Mark, but he was available, available there to help. But we see that the love of the world is often a cause for turning down or turning away from the truth and following Christ. So there's a lot of ways that one can backslide, a lot of ways one can go back into the world and become enamored, caught up in its ways. So, you know, one must be careful. They must be careful and watch out for themselves to not get wrapped up in the trappings that take away from the calling of God and his righteousness. Luke chapter 13. Then said one, verse 23, unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? Are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut, and hath shut to the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open up unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. So we see here that, you know, this opportunity to change, this opportunity to turn around from backsliding or whatever it is that they don't want to give up, and then they see that there's a need to, the opportunity to change, to repent, is past. Verse 26, then shall you begin to say, we have eaten in your presence, and you have taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. So we see how backsliding, how sin unrepented of can, can uh, be a danger, can be a threat to uh, life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Again, enter Enter you in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, few there be that find it. Christianity to some looks like a rigorous course. Too much to be responsible for. Too much uh, expectation. Too much spirituality. Got to do this, got to do that. And so it is put off and many turn away. And all the good that Christianity teaches is fallen from. And we see a world like we see today 
with all sorts of evil going on, yet few know where and how to return. And so we see the results of apostasy. In Isaiah 59, verse 1, the results of apostasy, blessings can be withheld due to separation from the eternal. Behold, verse 1, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he won't hear, that he will not hear. Because your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has mutter, muttered perverseness. None calls for justice, nor any pleads for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. That's the result of apostasy, separation, and blessings that can be uh, withheld. Another result that we see of apostasy, of backsliding, of going the uh, other way, is that apostasy displeases the eternal God. Psalm 78. You know, after all the miracles that the eternal did in bringing Israel out of Egypt, out of captivity, they forgot it and they turned back. In verse 55, he cast out the heathen also before them and divided them an inheritance by line and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High and kept not his testimonies, but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful uh, bow. For they, for they provoked, him with, provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven image. They were so, you know, fixed on the work of their hands, the beauty of the things that their, their, uh, the hands could do, and they worshiped the work of their hands so much more that they began to forget God. The eternal, as we see, became sorely displeased with their backsliding, and the result we see was punishment, and the eternal did not come to their aid. So not only blessings were withheld, there was separation, and there was also punishment as a result of apostasy. Numbers 14, verse 41, Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not pro prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that you be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword because you are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up in, unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. So the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites which dealt, dwelt in that hill, and smote them and discomfited them even unto Horma. So that backsliding, their expectation, uh, thinking that God will do something in spite uh, of the things that they were uh, not turning back uh, from. We see in Proverbs 
chapter 16, there are th some things that can prompt backsliding. Some things that can prompt turning away from God. Some things that uh, uh, cause one to, uh, uh, toward apostasy. Proverbs 16, verse 18. We see pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. A haughty spirit. Verse 19, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Instead of having a haughty spirit, to have a humble spirit. Mark 4, chapter 4, another thing that can prompt backsliding is lack of dedication and trust in the word of God. Verse 14, it says that the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. And he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So when the word is spoken, and there are good things in the word that are spoken, immediately human nature, along with you know, Satan's uh, transmission of his own thoughts, suppresses that. He immediately comes to take it away. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. But have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. Afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they are offended. And the deceitfulness. There's the, here's another thing. Uh, the deceitfulness of riches or material things. Verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Another thing is uh, bitterness. Uh, I didn't uh, give this scripture, uh, but... In Ephesians 4, in chapter, chapter 4, it says for us to let all bitterness be put away. And there's a reason, because in Hebrews 12, 15, it says, Lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You know, we can bury bitterness. Sometimes it may be over something someone said or some, something uh, done. We can bury that bitterness, but, you know, being of human nature, being, you know, being as it is, we can dig them uh, back up. Reminds of a song by Randy Travis, you know, digging up bones. And many be defiled. Not just the person, but it can draw others in. So in James 3, and I didn't give this to uh, Brian either, and James chapter 3, verse 7, it says every kind of beast, and you know this is how a lot of bitterness can be started, how a lot of bitterness can be dug up. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind. You know, you see lion tamers, and you see uh, people who can make birds talk, do all sorts of things. 
dogs do tricks. They can tame those things. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. You know, there, I know there are times in my life when I wish I could, would not have spoken or said something or got involved in the conversation to which, you know, later on I say, I wish I hadn't have said that or I wish I had put it in a different way. You know, there's just a tendency to just want to talk, to, to move the tongue, to wag the tongue. But the tongue can no man can't tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not uh, to be. So we see that bitterness can be one of those things that can lead us to uh, slide backward, to backslide. We see that tribulation, as we read earlier, can prompt also one to backslide or give up. And such can happen even now and can happen and will happen in the future. Matthew chapter 13. Blank. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20. But he that receives the seed in the stony place is the same as he that hears the word, and anon with joy receives it. Yet has he not root in himself, but dures for a while, and tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he's offended. We also have to watch out for spiritual blindness. Revelation chapter 3 I'm starting at verse 14. Uh, we'll get to 17 here in a few seconds or minutes. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. He knows our works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I would you were cold or hot. You know, be one or the other. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Verse 17, because you say, I'm rich and increase with goods. I have need of nothing and know not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So there's a spiritual blindness. I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, he said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne and, open the, uh, and even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So, some concluding scriptures in what to do to avoid apostasy or backsliding. 
2 Corinthians chapter 13, it says this, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves, it says. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. In Mark 14, verse 38, it says, once again, to watch, and watch you and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Because there are all, a lot of things out there that is going to tempt us one way or the other. And it does good to pray that you not uh, enter in. Uh, that you can avoid these temptations and see them for what they are. The spirit it truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Isaiah 55, verse 6, it says, Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. So, you know, we don't want to find ourselves standing at the door, knocking and wanting in when it's too late. We want to answer his call, to answer his knock. And verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly, abundantly pardon. So there is hope for backsliding people. Forgiveness will come when people turn back to the eternal God. In Hosea chapter 14, O Israel, return unto the Lord your God, for you have fallen by your iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. You know, that is the fruit of our lips. Good and thankful praise toward God, toward his grace and toward his mercy. Verse 3, Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more. To the work of our hands, you are our gods. For in you, the fatherless, find mercy. He's saying that Syria cannot save us. We will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our hands have made. For in you, the fatherless, find compassion. We know that there is only one God, as Daniel says, the great God. Though there be many that are called gods, there, there is only one God, one Lord. And people know whom they're referring to and whom, whom they're talking about. There are, however, false gods that men set up. And the work of their uh, hands, uh, whether it be stone or idol or some, something in their own heart or their philosophy, that could be their God. But anything that is adored or worshipped more than the eternal, put first by him, is a false god. God sees those who are wayward, who are fatherless, who are without guide. And he says in verse 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him in that time that is to come. Back where we started in 2 Peter... Uh, chapter 3 verse 15 again it says account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him has written unto you so we all have a given amount of time and we must be wise unto salvation and remember the joy of that salvation 
that's you know it's, it's set before us in His Word. Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, beware, lest you also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. So in these concluding words, in these words, we see how we can avoid apostasy by growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.